Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the We Are Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Viral Viper, a.k.a. Viper Freeze, with my co-host. And ladies and gentlemen, we are at episode number Corey Graves' finisher. <laughs> I get it, I get it. <laughs> and if you guys don't know, Corey Graves' finisher was called Lucky 13. Which would explain why it was such a bitch to record this, but it took us a while. <laughs> yes, we had a lot of issues trying to record this, but we are here finally, and we are going to give you a normal great kind of awesome podcast only kind of no only a little un poquito <laughs> <laughs> so let's start talking about wrestling where do you want to start wherever you want to start I can get off of you remember me with my bad memory but I always start so this time you pick a subject and we go there yeah Let's start with Red Eye Smackdown, I guess. Because that was like the one thing we didn't cover last week, obviously. Yes. Friday Night Smackdown from the UK was different. It was it was a little different. Um uh, what really happened? Oh, we had a setup for Survivor Series. A big setup for Survivor Series that nobody saw coming. And neither did we. Exactly. Like, I'm kind of like, like, I didn't believe by it. Like, caught me off guard. Like, wow, that happened. Yeah, Daniel Bryan and the Fiend for the Universal Title at Survivor Series. They're setting it up. I'm shocked because I didn't see it coming because I thought he was gonna fight Nakamura. Yeah, that, that allegedly was the rumor for like, I believe this Friday. Yes, for this Friday SmackDown. Yes. Because, like, the rumor was, the official rumor was Nakamura was going to lose the title to Daniel Bryan and he was going to get in a three-way. But that didn't happen. Daniel Bryan's going to fight for the universal title. That's different. To be totally honest with you, I prefer this. Yeah, I do too. I, pre- I totally prefer this. I know Daniel Bryan's not going to win, but I prefer this match. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good match. Plus, like for you historians out there, there's some history in, in this. Like you, you know what I mean? That happened just because. They, they yes. have like if you guys don't remember when the whole Wyatt thing happened, and he tried to recruit Daniel Bryan right before his big turn at WrestleMania 30, it was a big thing, and it kind of just like dropped it. Now. It's back. Kind of as you would say, it went full circle. Basically. Yeah. Hopefully, I know he probably won't win because they're so high on the fiend. I hope that Daniel Bryan wins the title. You hope he wins it like there or he doesn't win? No, I, I hope he wins it there. I hope, okay. I hope he beats Bray Wyatt. Because like I said before, like, how do you take this idol off of Bray Wyatt? Like, he's an unstoppable monster. Somebody has to take the title off of him. Here's my thing. I hope Daniel Bryan wins, but I hope he doesn't keep the title. I think it's 
way too short. It's like a Kobe thing. Kind of. But that's the problem. Like, the Fiend is unstoppable. He's an unstoppable monster. Who's going to kill him? Like, somebody needs to kill him. And the perfect person that I see could kill him is Daniel Bryan. That's what like I'm he, saying. Like, he can win the match, but at the title right now, as you would say, with that slow burn to later, you know what I mean? Like, have, like after this, have break, like, kill off a few other people, right? Until, let's say, like, WrestleMania or whatever. Like, you still haven't beat me yet, then Daniel Bryan will say that. And, once again, Daniel Bryan at WrestleMania winning the title. But, okay, my problem is, I just want The Fiend to not have the title because he's unstoppable. And, like, nobody's going to be able to beat him ever. And there's going to be every kind of fuck finish until he drops the title. Which is going to hurt his character, like, tremendously. So I want him to drop the title and just, like, be just that badass guy that just walks around. Like, when Undertaker dropped his title, they had to, like, kind of screw him out of the title. That is true. You're talking about the first time. Yeah, the first time. They screwed him out, like, they screwed him out literally seven days after he won the title. Matter of fact, it wasn't even seven days. It was, like, the Tuesday. Like, it happened on Sunday. They screwed him on Tuesday. Yeah, yeah, you're right. In that case, yeah. Because it was like, we, we can't stop this guy, so we got to get the title off of him. And that led into the big Royal Rumble with Ric Flair winning it. Yeah. It's like, that's that's going to be a thing, because it's going to start to become a thing where people are going to be like, all right, we like the Fiend, but nobody can beat him. And somebody's going to have to beat him, but we just don't know who. But yeah, yeah. that was a big thing going there. Um, another huge revelation was Sasha Banks' new theme music, which initially pissed me off. But like after I actually heard it, I'm like, okay, okay, I like it. Yeah, because you just like one part in her original song that's like your favorite part. Yeah, like I I like to fucking like. I don't know. I'm, I'm like the yeah, but like I, I actually like this new theme song, and I'm glad she has a new theme song because it fits her new personality, and it just like it makes the whole package better. Pretty much, like she has a new everything. Pretty much, like everything's blue and whatnot. Right. So that's like that's awesome. Yeah. We also had on the show the the debut kind of of Imperium on the main roster or SmackDown roster. Yeah. That was pretty cool because they beat the shit out of Heavy Machinery and a couple other jobbers. By the way, I don't know if we like, discussed this in the last podcast. I think I'm wrong. But, um, Sasha is the leader of the uh, SmackDown women's team. We didn't get to that last week because they just announced it this week. Oh, okay. So, yeah. That is a thing. She's a leader and whatnot. And, yeah, right now it's like, well, as of that recording, there's only like two other people that join. It's actually three. It's Dana Brooke, Carmella, and Lacey Evans. No, Lacey Evans was this week. I, I heard the last week. Yes. Yeah. 
Did he ever exactly announce this morning on the thing? Yes, it was this morning. Yeah. Okay, that's one of the big things. And also, we forgot the tag team titles changed. The New Day beat the Revival. And I understand that they wanted to do a title change and put the New Day in a match. I'm not... I don't want them in the match because I want to see the Revival in the match. And there's a tag team rematch tomorrow night on SmackDown. I highly doubt Revival is going to win, but I would really want them to win and get into this match. Because Revival does win it back, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, um, you call it the OC to win the Raw Tag Team titles, like before um, Survivor Series, so they could do it. Now, I mean, because they are, quote unquote, the best tag team in the world. They've been a whole, like, uh, underrated thing. So. Well, speaking of the Raw Tag Team titles, this is going to be funny. The War Raiders are going to defend the tag team titles against Hawkins and Ryder on Monday. I heard about that. What the fuck? I have no fucking clue. Like, either this is going to be a swerve or this is just the dumbest thing that WWE could think of. Like, why? Caveat, OC could probably attack them and they take the match. That would work. That would work. That would work. I'm down for that. Only way for this to work perfectly is um, the revival room that you take some titles on, on Friday. So, yes. Yes, that would be awesome. Book it, Daddy. Book it. Oh, they're definitely going to book it because they basically just steal everything we we talk about. Basically. I still want Lethal Lottery. Throw that out there again. It is. Well, you're going to get it. You're definitely going to get it. And speaking of Lethal Lottery, the Survivor Series teams is kind of like Lethal Lottery. Oh, yeah, it is. But especially with the SmackDown team, Roman Reigns, Chad Gable, Mustafa Ali, who got his name back, people. It was an epic return this week. Mustafa Ali got his name back. Yes, especially Mustafa. Yes. And Bartender Cabron, I mean, Bartender Corbin, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to say that. <laughs> yeah, they're going, and Braun the Strowman man. Yep, yep. Did we talk about the Raw on side? No, we didn't. Who's on the Raw team? It is Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, I'm calling him Gallery, Ricochet, and one other person I can't remember right now. Whoever that person is, he is somebody. That's all I remember. He's somebody. Alright, Seth Rollins, Randy Orton, Drew McIntyre, Ricochet. Uh-huh. What? That's what I was waiting for you to tell me. <laughs> Regardless, it seems like it's mostly bad guys on there, too. Yes, it is. It will come to that commission. Eventually. 
but Baron Corbin and Roman Reigns had a match on Friday for no reason, which is which I heard that their feud is going to last until TLC, which is depressing and sad. Just because it's just fucking because WWE has no fucking reason to do it. (laughs) Nothing. So yeah, like that basically was the SmackDown show. There was nothing like nothing really too noteworthy from there. Other than the Bray Wyatt team. Other than the Bray Wyatt team, yeah, that's it. And then on to Raw, we really didn't have anything noteworthy there because something got screwed up that everybody wished they could see was Seth Rollins. They were in the UK and Seth Rollins came out and challenged anybody from the UK and he got Walter. He got Walter. That match, I really would like, Seth Rollins bores the hell out of me in, in ring, but him versus Walter would be great because Walter is amazing. Basically. But it wound up getting screwed up because Imperium showed up, which led to uh, eight-man tag with Imperium versus Seth Rollins, the Street Profits, and Kevin Owens. And by the way, Kevin Owens was that other guy that we were trying to think of. Oh, he's, man. He's in yeah. Team Raw. Yes. Yeah, Kevin Owens in Team Raw. Actually, was looking, looking for it as you were like, speaking. <laughs> so, yeah, that happened. We had another installment of Lana, Rusev, and Daniel Bryan. I mean, Lana, oh, Rusev, and Bobby Lashley. Yeah. I don't care about this angle. It was so bad I put Daniel Bryan in it by accident. But but here's the thing, though. Like, somebody made a point, right? Not def- I'm not defending it. Cause I, I hate the storyline, too, right? Mm-hmm. But it's making people talk about it. You know what I mean? Like, the whole, like... um. Eric Bishop adage like controversy creates cash. People talking about it, so it's doing something, you know? Yeah, yeah, well, alright. We'll, we'll we'll give them that. We'll give them that. Okay. Like uh, like it's some something that you hate of a person that we actually like, Forty G. We mm. hate the name, we hate the outfit and whatever. We love Chad Gable. No one's talking about him ever since he changed his name. <laughs> that's that's true. That is true. So the whole this whole Lana and like uh, uh, situation actually working in some sick twisted way, you know? Yeah, because I heard a lot of people actually like this storyline, but like it's definitely not my cup of tea at all. Like I don't like it, but I'm okay with it. Meaning like Wrestling is quote unquote a male like uh, soap opera, telenovela, if you will, for the Latinos out there. And this is a typical Latino, I mean, Latino, typical uh, soap opera type of storyline. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but in soap opera's defenses, they're much better than this. Oh, no, no doubt. I'm just saying. But yeah, I mean, it's just—it's not my cup of tea. I'm not going to try to defend it. It's just not my cup of tea. You guys can like it. Good on you. 
whatever floats your boat. I know I wasn't defending it either. I'm just like stating what it actually is. Yeah, a lot of people probably don't understand what it actually is. I understand it. I just don't like it still. <laughs> yeah, yeah, not mine. Yeah, and maybe with that like uh, perspective, listen that they know what it actually is. Maybe you like it more, or maybe you hate it more, like depending on your perspective. So, yeah. I hope you guys like it or something. <laughs> they are trying or whatever. Like I think Rusev, like he had something like to do with that last like thing they did this week. Yeah, like all right, cool. You have something to. <laughs> I'm just giving up. All right, I give up. <laughs> I'm not even gonna defend it. I just give up. So, also in going with my giving up storyline. Natty, Natty, got screwed again. <laughs> like she literally got screwed. Like, did we talk about this last week, or like this is the first week we're talking about this again? Uh, I forget exactly what because like off the top of my mind, it's two things. Yeah. Okay. Matter of fact, <sighs> Natty pinned one of the Kabuki Warriors. And her and Charlotte should have a tag team title shot. But instead of that, they give it to Becky Lynch. And why? Why? Austin did pin Becky to set up their further storyline eventually. But why? Explain me why. Exactly. I know Natty wasn't in the UK... So they had to swap her out. They could have just had Kari Sane versus Charlotte. That'd have been fine. Yeah, have like a one-on-one match or whatever. Yeah, but like now, even advertisements are out that at TLC is going to be a TLC match for the women's tag team titles: Becky Lynch and Charlotte versus the Kabuki Warriors. Why? Why? Oh man. First of all, like, it shouldn't have been Natty and Charlotte to begin with, though. That's one thing, right? Yes. You already kind of set up the, like, tag team with her and Lacey S or whatever. Kind of, like, kind of, kind of didn't start or whatever, where they were, like, rivals and they were just friends. Yes. Kind of doing that great dynamic, so why not keep it with Lacey or that? So, in my humble honest opinion, if they're going to go with, I guess, they're going to call them women. There's the Kabuki Warriors, right? Add Lacey and, and Natty in it too, because Natty's a mirror of that shit. Exactly. It's usually three ways anyway. It's just very confusing to me, and I just, I give up. <laughs> like, I give up. So, that, like, I don't remember if there was anything else cool on Raw because. If, the, if we can't remember it, that pretty much means it probably wasn't. And we didn't care. Yeah, or we didn't care. But, man. Whatever. So, this Saturday was full gear from AEW. Did you like it? I mean, I didn't watch it, so I can't speak too much on it. But from what I heard... 
it was way better than any of their actual shows. The Dynamite shows and whatnot. Like, I have one big gripe with it, but I'll get to that at the end of the show. But, like, the show was pretty good. The show was pretty good. Yeah. Like, the show started off hot with LAX versus the Young Bucks, which the best tag team in the world actually did win, which is Proud and Powerful, a.k.a. LAX. A.k.a. Okay. Yes. Like the match was the match was really good. They worked over Nick Jackson's leg. It like the match was good. And then after the match, like Ricky Morgan and Robert Gibson got into it, the Rock and Roll Express. And they did a Canadian destroyer to Ortiz. Was it Ortiz? No, it was Santana. They did a Canadian destroyer to Santana. And Oh, guys, I can't believe it. I got this But they just still want to be relevant. No, no. Just retire and go home. Well, that won't be the last time we talk about them in this podcast, by the way. Oh, that thing that we know happened happened already? No, that thing that just happens already gets set up this week. We'll just like we'll leave that later on in the podcast. All right. But and then we had Pac versus Hangman Page, which was a really good match. And Hangman Page won. Now, full disclosure for AEW on last night, Pac beat him back. They had another match and Pac beat him back. Basically, they just did what WWE did. No, but they don't do what WWE did, right? They they shouldn't do what WWE does. But like, I'm gonna give them some credit later on. But like, that that was stupid to me. It was really stupid to me. Um, Riho beat Emmy Sakura. It was a really good match. I remember her name. Her name is Emmy Sakura. Put that out. You remember her name for one. <laughs> yes. And SCU retained the tag team titles. And after the match, Pentagon was beating people up. And another Pentagon came up and beat him up, which was Christopher Daniels. He's back from injury. I want to say, like, during the trip, someone called him Pentagon today or something. Yes, they did. They did. And then we had Cody Rhodes versus Chris Jericho, which was a really, really good, well-done match. Le Champion. Le Champion, yes. It was a great match. Like, they they did good. And it ended by a towel thrown because Cody was in the walls of Jericho, and he was scrunched up his... Jericho's knee was on the back of his head. Cody had been busted open from doing a dive earlier. And he was all scrunched up in his walls of Jericho. And MJF was on the outside. And he threw the towel in to stop the match. And everybody was so mad at MJF. And he got in the ring and started crying and apologizing and said he couldn't do it. He couldn't let Cody be in the walls of Jericho like that. And he was hurt, and Cody hugged him, 
and said, it's okay, pal, and right in the penis. He kicked him right in the penis, and MJF turned. MJF's a heel. Finally. Yes. So, there was like a little bit of people, a couple of people online, they were like, oh my god, like this was so quick, like they didn't even set this up. And everybody else that has been watching and following Being an Elite for a long time, like basically since All In, the original, they know that like this was a long, long standing story. Which is like since last year or longer, it's been a long standing story. So like at this point, if he didn't do if he didn't do it on like this case, whatever, he would never done it in my opinion. Yeah, because it had to be done. Like, it had to be done soon. And, like, all of us that have been watching for a long time, we just we have just been waiting. We're like, all right, it's going to happen now. And they just kept dragging it out, dragging it out. I was like, all right, well, it's going to happen eventually. If he wouldn't have did it this time, I agree with you. He wasn't going to turn at all. And then we get to the most controversial match of the night. John Moxley versus Kenny Omega in an unsanctioned match. Now, for those of you who like violence and ultra-violence and extreme, this was your cup of tea. This was it. Like, this was it. Like, it had every type of violent thing that you can ever have. A bob wire spider net. They pulled up the ring mats and pile drove like pile drove each other in it. They they had barbed wire baseball bats and chairs and every they did everything you could have ever imagined in a hardcore match. Didn't they have a table with like mouse traps on there? Yes, they had a table with mouse traps. I have a few gripes with this match. It was, this was their first match. This was literally their first match. They never wrestled before. They had a brawl at all out at, yeah, what no, double or nothing. They had a brawl at double or nothing. That was it. They never had a match. When they were supposed to wrestle at all out, John Moxley was injured. So, they kept dragging the story out, and this was their very first match. This brawl, crazy, sick, twisted match was their very first match. Not even a regular wrestling match. This was their first match. And it... I'm not a huge fan of this hardcore stuff. I'm not a huge fan of this hardcore stuff. It can be done tastefully, but to me, it seems like it got a little bit overdone in this match. Like... The last week of you, when they had um, Darby Allen versus Jimmy Havoc versus, I want to say, Joey Janela? Yes. That was a hardcore type match. That was done right, in my opinion. That match was so beautifully done, it was like, oh my god, that's one of the best matches of the show. And they did hardcore shit in there, and it, it was like, wow, that was awesome. Yeah. But this one, they had broken glass. And, like, they were cutting each other with the glass. And it's like, why are you going this? Why? Kenny's supposed to be the best wrestler in the world. And John Moxley's supposed to want to prove himself as a great wrestler. 
This wasn't it. This wasn't it. It's like they were doing a hardcore, just a hardcore snake, first of all. Yes, and something that bothered me also with this is most of John Moxley's pay-per-view matches are hardcore matches. Yeah. Like, dude, come on. You can and do Yeah. But yeah, um, it's hardcore for the sake of being hardcore, first of all, and I totally agree with you. Like, it's their first match. Typically, it's like a last man standing match, a hardcore match, whatever type of situation you have. Those are meant to be, in my opinion, and I'm not sure you agree with me, are for um, tiebreakers. You know? Yeah. Like, Pac versus. Uh, um, Hangman or whatever. The last one should have some type of situation with everything. The last one should have been the last one, but whatever. Exactly. Like, once they went through this, like, whole thing, you should get your match after that. Yeah. Like, Moxley has a match coming up this Wednesday against Darby Allen, and I pray to God it's not another hardcore match. It's gonna be. It's gonna be. Uh, come on, like... Please, like, when you were in... Well, I can't even say that, because he did do a bunch of hardcore shit over in New Japan. Like, he had some regular matches, but, like, he did do a couple of hardcore matches where he grabbed a couple tables and, like, did some extra shit. I, I don't... I don't know. Maybe he just wants to get back to his roots, but it just wasn't it for me, because especially it was their first match, and it just it just was a little too... I don't know. Wasn't it for me? Dude, if you really analyze like his career, in some level, his WWE career, his high-profile matches were hardcore-ish type of matches. Okay, I mean, I didn't like those either. Like, I, I like if I had the podcast a couple of years ago, I used to just call Dean Ambrose boring as shit. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not defending it. I'm just like analyzing it and whatever. Like, the WWE career was kind of like the same thing too, because the the asylum match that they had in WWE. Whatever. Yep, with Mitch the Potted Plant. Yeah, exactly. So, so he's done in WWE also, so it's not it's not like he hasn't done hardcore. It's just I don't know. This went like a little bit. I don't know. It was just. It wasn't my liking, and I did see a lot of responses online to people just going, "Yo, this wasn't it. Like this, this just wasn't it." I feel like you can't not go hardcore. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's the thing. I want him to try to go not hardcore. Like I want to see that. I want to see you not go hardcore. Like try that. Even if it's, to me, like, and I'm not like, the biggest New Japan fan or whatever, but I see some of the matches or whatever, it looks like to me, they're supposed to be regular matches, but due to him being in it, they're like, that's crazy shit in it, for no reason. Yeah, that's, that's his thing. That was his thing, like, he's the wild and crazy man. Yeah. 
But yeah, that was Full Gear. And that show, like, I mean, the show was pretty good. It just was that one match, like, kind of soured it. If they would have ended on the Cody and Chris Jericho match, like, the pay-per-view would have, I'd have gave it an A. But give him so much credit. Huh? I'm not to give him so much credit right now. I'm, I'm known for shooting on AEW. Yes. But from what I hear, because again, I didn't watch it in the first episode or whatever. From what I know, the pay-per-view was way better than any episode of uh, um, Dynamite thus far. I don't know if they'll improve that later, but thus far, like from what I hear, the pay-per-view was way better. It was. It was a. It was a great improvement. Yeah. Good on them. If they can have that category of like show the dynamite or whatever, like yeah, they could have. Yeah, exactly. But yeah, that was full gear. Um, NWA Power. Did you watch Power this week? Uh, I. Don't remember, so you may have to refresh my memory. So, Thunder Rosa and Marty Bell are a team now. And Thunder Rosa beat the living hell out of these two blonde girls. Like these two random blonde girls, she beat the living hell out of them. I do remember that, so I did watch it. Yeah. yeah, she beat the living hell out of them. And then her and Marty Bell basically came and cut a promo challenging Allison K for the women's title. So that's going to be an awesome match. And speaking of challengers, Cabana was out cutting his promo and then all of a sudden, here comes Ricky Stark. So yeah, Ricky Stark versus Colt Cabana for the North American title. I'm all for it. I'm definitely all for it. New champion, champ. New champion. Yes. Now, here's a controversial question from Power. Okay. What do you think of Eli Drake? Uh, I think he's a schmuck. (laughs) (laughs) But I like him. I'm going to go with my same thing that I always go with. I don't trust him. I don't trust him. It's something about him I don't trust. And he keeps trying to act like a good guy. I don't trust him. Now, here's the thing. Uh-huh. For the audience or whatever, me and you have this thing called the Savage Card Theory. Uh-huh. Now, in the show called the DC Flash, it's on CW or whatever, they had a season where the Flash is facing somebody from the future, no one knew who the hell it was, and he kept saying it was the future Flash. Everybody thought it was Flash from the future, but then everybody was like, oh, that's too easy, because he, he said it, right? Yes. Well, it was Flash from the future, and what's that? I think this is the reverse of it, because, like, he so looks like the bad guy, which is too simple, so I don't think he's going to be a bad guy. So you actually think he's going to be the good guy? Yeah, which is going to be like weird and shit. Like, he's going to come across as like the rock, but he's going to come in as a complete asshole. He's going to be the good guy. Like, he's going to be the one um, helping up uh, 
Dude, if he like if he really shows like shows up and is the super good guy, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be fucking shocked. <laughs> I'm gonna be fucking shocked. I'm caught in that one. Wow. And then we had the tag team match at the end with Outlaw Inc. I actually like the name Outlaw Inc., which is Homicide and Eddie Kingston versus the Dawsons and the wild card got in it and so did the Rock and Roll Express so now what the hell I'll say this I do have one issue mm-hmm. uh, right? yes. what universe is fucking Eddie Kingston and Homicide good guys like what's the living fuck you know what I mean like what the fuck I can tell you what universe. I can tell you exactly what universe. Uh, the NWA Power Universe. Now. Now. But yeah, like Power is it's one of my favorite shows to watch. Yeah, it's I wasn't sure about it, but like, I'm really enjoying it. You know, though, I don't know who the good guys and the bad guys are. Like I just said, fucking uh, um, outlaw Inc. should be bad guys. Like, who else They should be. But still, love this show. <laughs> hey, let's touch on something on Impact. Um, Trey Miguel is number one contender for the X Division title, which is held by Austin Aries. I mean, not Austin. Ace Austin. Austin. Which he calls the Triple X Division. Okay. Like, I actually really am hyped up about that match. That match is going to be awesome. Like, those two can fucking go. Awesome. Yes. And Taya's time is running out. She's finally ran into Jordan Grace. It's oh, over. It's over. It's over. Jordan Grace is going to kill her. It's over. <laughs> like the longest reigning Impact champion is going to lose her title. I see it. She, you know, had the fucking record or whatnot, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I was so positive until Jordan called her out. I was like, damn it. <laughs> she could have held it for years. But damn it. She's running this Jordan Grace. Yeah, it's like up to like a year, I want to say, right? Huh? She had like a little bit up to a year, right? Or like past a year. She had it for 290 something days. Close to a year. Damn, but not even. But damn it. It was it was getting there. Like it could have happened. If she could have kept running, it would have happened. Wait a loca. She's she's dead loca now. She's dead loca. <laughs> damn it. 
Dude, did you watch MLW this week? Watched it. I don't really remember because nothing really stood out to me. Other than like the ending and whatever. You know what I'm talking about. Which, I didn't like the ending. Okay. I have I have a big gripe with Contra. Not because not only because they put Selena De La Renta to a table. I'm still mad at you guys for that. Like that was your fault. <laughs> like you put her to a table. I hate you guys. But so there was a match, Low Key versus um Timothy Thatcher on MLW. It was a great match. The match was going awesome. And the fucking Contra logo pops up. In the middle of the fucking match. It popped like three or four times. Until they what the fuck, man? Like, you ruined a great match. What the fuck? Because you in the commentary, like, literally, like, what the fuck? Yeah. God damn, man. This shit was, this shit was just annoying. And it would have been all right if that was the first time you've seen them. But... They, they started the fucking show, whatever. They did a whole promo. Yes. So they want all the gold and whatnot. And they started running down, like, all the champions and whatnot. Well, not all the champions, but if you notice, they didn't say anything about Hammerstone. Yeah, they didn't. But they mentioned the tag team champions, which apparently are um, Devon Eriks. Yes, Devon Eriks beat Dynasty for the tag team titles. Yeah. And they mentioned the uh, um, middleweight champion, Teddy Hart. Now, here's something that like was glossed over until like I I saw a tweet later on. Okay. So you remember when Devon Eriks was out there and somebody came up to Filthy Tom Lawler and asked him about going to New Japan and WWE. And Tom Lord was like, get the fuck out of here. Yeah. So I would have wrote that all off until I saw a tweet from Court Bauer, which is the owner of MLW, said, hey, we would like to thank Tom Lauder for the last two years of helping us. You were a backbone and a cornerstone of this community. You you did great. We built our company around you. We'd like to thank you for everything you've done. And we wish you luck in the future. And I was like, I was like, whoa, like, whoa, does that mean what I think it means? So apparently, Filthy Tom is a free agent now. Now, I have no idea where he's gonna go. Cause Tom can like Tom is pretty good. Like he's really good because he knows the wrestling business and he knows a lot of shit. I don't know where he would fit in. Would he fit in in WWE? Would he fit in in... Well, I know he would fit in in New Japan. Would he fit in in AEW? He's going to fit in AEW. A lot of them... Not all of them. But a lot of them got good mic skills. Mm-hmm. To me, he really doesn't have good mic skills. So not trying to that respect. No, I think, I think Tom does have good mic skills. I disagree. Oh, we disagree on something. But yeah, like, I think his mic skills are more MMA type, like, screaming at you, like, yo, I'm gonna fuck you up type shit. That's probably why I don't like it. Huh? That's probably why I don't like it. I don't know. 
Yeah. Well, we'll see where he ends up. Wherever he ends up is going to be fun. Yeah. So yeah, I'm I'm okay with that. I think honestly, I think he would be perfect in AEW. Right? Mm-hmm. New Japan also perfect or whatever because you don't really gotta like work. You know, because I don't like it like the DVD on that really part. Mike still is there. Mm-hmm. Third, that might be a conflict because they like people with Mike skills, but if, like everybody they have don't have Mike skills, it's kind of a contradiction. Yes. But in WWE, they could kind of teach him how to be WWE-like. Yeah. But I'm not going to lie. I would love to see him versus Matt Riddle in any kind of match. Matt Riddle, Brock Lesnar. Yes. Uh, King Velasquez. Because they have a strong, I'm going to call it, technically not that, but I'm going to call it their, their MMA division. You know what I mean? They have a couple people from MMA, so. Yes. Which so, yeah. about it, right? Mm-hmm. Didn't King Mo just sign with Little Dougie? So that probably explains that. I was just about to get to that. Oh, okay. Yes, King Mo did sign with MLW. And he's ready to fight anybody. He said, I'm ready to fight men, women, children. I don't care. I'm ready to fight. I'm like, okay. All right, tell me. <laughs> Like I was like, okay, <laughs> all right, that's on you. But yeah, King Mo is here in MLW. He's probably, he's probably uh, on Tom Lawler's Basically, basically. But we didn't get into the main event. Um, it was Myron Breed versus Teddy Hart. Yep, good match. It was a really, it was a really good match. Teddy Hart, like he. He is so... Okay, because of all the weird controversy he has from, like, different things he's done in his life outside of wrestling, and some some parts inside of wrestling, he gets a bad rap, but him in the ring is really... He's really good. Yep. Teddy's really good. Like, he does some shit that you'd be like, dude, like, somebody like you should not be doing like he, it's his ex. he does, it's how he does it. Cause like he Canadian destroyer. Like he does that shit with a fucking club. Yes. And he's like, he's not to say that he's older, but he's. They say he's like thirty eight. Like he's not a young. He's like he's not a young guy, and he's out there kicking ass like he's a young guy. Yeah. And it's just amazing, like. Him and Myron Reed, like, they tore it up. Like, they fucking tore it up. The match ended, which is a mind-boggling thing to me, and I know you're going to say no. So, Contra Unit came out and threw fire in Teddy Hart's face so Myron Reed could get the win. Now, going back to what you said earlier, Contra wants all the gold, right? So why screw Teddy Hart out of the gold? No fucking idea. Like it's stupid. That just didn't. Only... thing would be if they think Byron Reed is a easier target to go after and whatnot, which in turn would turn them face, which makes no sense for their character. 
Yes. They're all about injustice and whatever they are being screwed over and whatnot. Exactly. But like that didn't that kind of bothered me. No, I agree with you. And it seems like this week a lot of people have made a lot of questionable booking decisions. Mm-hmm. Like, but I, I didn't like. I just didn't like that one. That didn't that didn't make sense to me. But yeah, that was our MLW show. Like in my opinion, if mm-hmm. he would have went for the fire on Teddy, missed and hit my uh, Reed, and Teddy would have won. And ran away from them or whatever, that would have set up a match with someone from Contra versus him. Yes. Yes. That would have made sense. Yeah. But yeah, that was MLW. Yep. So on to our favorite part of the week the Wednesday Night Wars. Wednesday Night Wars. So, AEW or NXT first? Uh, NXT, because that's the one I watch first. I actually watch both now, y'all. Let's go with AEW first. Let's start that with that one. Okay. Well, what the fuck are you asking me then? Go oh, ahead. <laughs> I thought you were going to go with AEW and save NXT for last. No, I said NXT first. Go ahead, AEW. Okay, so... AEW was pretty good. It was it was a rebound show from Full Gear. It was it was a lot of build up for I don't know what yet. So yeah, the next show is not anytime soon, right? Yeah, it was just a lot of build up, and it's like, what? We just came from a show. Where are we going now? Like, what are we doing now? Because. The show opened up with Moxie beating up Michael Nakazawa because he's Kenny's partner or friend. Don't know which one, but he's something to Kenny. And then Moxie calls out anybody. I'm just waiting for anybody. And that was weird. We had a three-way with Sean Spears, Peter Avalon, and Darby Allen. And during the match, fucking uh, Joey Janela came up and beat up Sean Spears. Now, okay, full disclosure, they had a match on the pay-per-view, and Sean Spears beat him. So, what was the point? No idea. I think it was because they beat beat him up after the match. No, they beat him up during the match. Like, they did a double pile driver during the match. That was it. And I was during the match with that. Oh, and I forgot to mention one thing that's going to lead to something eventually. Okay. So, there was a backstage promo, like, right after that match, the Sean Spears Joey Janela match, with Kip Sabian and Penelope Ford. And Penelope Ford goes, Yeah, what's wrong with being a bad guy? when you could be super bad. Now, for those of you who don't know, Penelope before used to date Joey Janela, who's the bad guy, Joey Janela. And now she's dating Kip Sadie. So, apparently, that's going to wind up being a feud. Okay. So, that's going to be a feud. Just putting that out there is going to be a feud. 
But back to AEW. So the triple threat match, Darby Allen won the triple threat match and grabbed the mic and said, John Moxley, I'm your challenger. So that's happening next week. Hopefully it's not a hardcore match. Which it probably will be. Yeah. So enter Derby Animal, hopefully, as you said earlier, it's a tasteful one. Yes. We don't go too far with it. Then we had Nyla Rose in a squash match. And she asserted her dominance. Which I've always said she should be the most dominant woman in AEW, but for some reason they're not booking her like that. Oh. You should book her like you're booking the other one. Like the dominant later on in the show. What do you mean, Awesome Kong? Exactly. So Ali was out and she had an interview, and Awesome Kong showed up and beat her ass and took a lock of her hair. Now, this is a new thing Awesome Kong is doing it because in the pre-show match between B. Priestley and Britt Baker, who Britt Baker won, by the way, Awesome Kong came out and beat the hell out of B. Priestley and cut a lock of her hair and stuffed it in her tights. I don't know what this whole lock of hair cutting thing is, but it's... It's, uh... Okay. It's... Yeah, she beat up your bae. I'm sorry. <laughs> but yeah, that's um, that's what happened there. And then we went on a promo from Chris Jericho. And Chris Jericho was talking about how he beat the hell out of Cody Rose and called him an entitled millennium jackass. And then... Cody Rhodes music hits and everybody's ready like yeah Cody's coming he's coming he's nope it was MJF (laughs) and MJF came in and cut a promo telling everybody Cody's the bad guy and I'm the good guy which in normal speak means I'm totally the bad guy that other guy is definitely the good guy thanks people so Yes. So we like they cut the promo and then him and Jericho start going back and forth. And they were talking about the inner circle. Inner circle jerk. It it the promo went on and it was just astounding that MJF is fucking 23 years old, has very limited big promotion wrestling experience. He is fucking cutting promos on the same level as Chris Jericho. It is fucking astounding. It's like, what the fuck? He went toe-to-toe with him on verbal effects. Like, what the hell? Yes, like, no one can really go toe-to-toe with Jericho. And it, like, MJF is, what? I remember when we first saw MJF him and fucking Andrew Everett in the House of Hardcore and MJF with a fucking sidekick. Yeah. yeah. What? Like, this guy is... This is MJF now? That was literally two years ago. This is MJF two years later. What the fuck? He grew up in two years. 
It is fucking amazing. And he pointed out to me the house of hardcore tonight. That was him. Yes. It was. So, it's so weird. It is so weird. But yeah, they, they cut this amazing promo and it was just awesome. And then we there was a match after that. What was the match after that? I forgot. The only other thing I remember, to be honest with you, was the Backstreet's Brawl. The Backstreet's Brawl between fucking LAX and the Young Bucks. No one knows why it happened because they had a match and LAX won, which are the bad guys, but for some fucking reason, the Young Bucks beat the shit out of LAX in this backstage brawl. I'm so fucking confused. It's like, what the fuck? Like, you're the good guys. Why are you beating up the bad guys? What the fuck? In the brawl, it went all over the fucking building. They kicked them into a, a fucking bathroom. And fucking Aaron Cassidy was just standing there. Fucking pop me. Yeah, yeah, that, that shit was funny. Like, he just was standing there in the bathroom. And Santana looked at him and was like, uh, uh okay. And closed the door. Like, it was fucking hilarious. Like, and they brawled all over, all over. And then they came out to the stage, and Santana put Matt Jackson through this put hole in the stage. I don't know what it was called. It was through a point in the stage. He threw him through it. And then he grabbed Nick Jackson and held his leg against this thing and hit him with this dirty, balled-up sock thing and injured his leg. And while they're beating him up, then Private Party shows up and runs them off. Which next week is going to be Private Party versus LAX. Not going to lie, I'm going to tune in for that match. Yeah, that match sounds kind of good. And then we had the tag team match for the tag team titles. SCU versus Le Champion, Chris Jericho, and the Spanish God, Sammy Gawawa. I was just going to say the Spanish God, yeah. That match was pretty awesome. And it ended in a shocker to a lot of people. Like, not even joking. A lot of people. It was a huge shock. Scorpio Sky pinned Chris Jericho. He gave him his first loss in AEW. The first person to ever pin Chris Jericho in AEW was Scorpio Sky. Dude. Um, Scorpio Sky can be contender? He's definitely number one contender. He's definitely number one contender. It's just... They don't know when it's going to happen, but he's definitely number one contender because he pinned Le Champion. So, that is awesome. Like, for Scorpio Sky to, like, get this big push, it's... It's amazing. It's amazing. Yeah, he is good as shit. Yeah, he's good and, like, he was in almost in WWE and they just passed on him. But it's like, damn it. Like, like, I'm glad that he's where he's at, but it's like, man, like, they missed a boat, but hey, thank God he's really good. 
Honestly, I don't think uh, I'm going to be able to like, utilize them though. They could have tried because they're not, you know, they don't always do good. No, no. Definitely don't. We're, we're going to talk about that a little bit later on, but like, yeah, they, they don't. But like, I can't wait to this match because Scorpio Sky in a one-on-one with Chris Jericho is pretty good. So yeah. How do you feel about it? Oh, like, I think it would be awesome. My only question is turn probably is, do they have New Day slash Freebird rules as far as the taking titles, I'm assuming? No. That's the thing. No. Oh, they don't? Because, okay, that's the thing. Just get the title, I guess, take it to Daniels, and you can go out and get the world title, I guess? No. I don't think he's going to beat Chris. I think it's, I think that's it. I don't think he's going to beat him. So... I think it's going to be a great match, but I don't think he's going to beat him at all. Yeah. If he beats him, like, that'll be a shock and a half. You know, it's like a catch-22 for me. Mm-hmm. kind of like, to me, how, like, when Eric Young won the um, Impact or was it TNA at the time, I'm not going to do it, world title. It was TNA. It was only... To like basically like capitalize on WB's thing when they had um, Daniel Bryan win their title. So, you know, Kofi won it, and then they probably have Scorpio win it. I don't think they would do that, though. Yeah, probably not. Like, I'd rather that stupid. Yeah. Even though Kofi got the champion, you know what I mean? If Scorpio were to win it, a lot of people probably think that, you know? Yeah. But like I just I just wanna see how good the match is gonna be. Yeah. I think it's pretty awesome. Oh yeah, it's definitely gonna be a banger. Yeah. So that was AEW. Wait, no, we missed the Luchasaurus return. We missed that part. Oh yeah, yeah. We came back and beat up everybody from the dark order. They tried to manipulate Marco's stunt to join him, which I think is gonna happen. I was about to ask you, do you think he would have joined? I, I, think think he's I think he's going to. I, I have a feeling like he doesn't feel like he fits in with Luchasaurus and Jungle Boy. So I think he might be like, you know what? I'm going to go dark. Let me so, be honest with you. My honest opinion, he doesn't fit. Yeah, he doesn't. But that might happen. Not to say, and this is change gimmick. Not to say that she fits in the dark order right now, but you know what I mean? Like, she doesn't fit either one. Yeah, he doesn't. He needs to do his own thing. But yeah, that was AEW for last night. Yep. And we go on to NXT. NXT! Yes. Man. Um, man. So it was murder mystery throughout the whole entire show. Because the women from War Games kept getting knocked out one by one. No matter how many people got knocked out, I swore it was Dakota Kai. We're going to reveal who it is later, but I swore it was Dakota Kai. 
Sorry. Because at first it was the second salon, Rhea Ripley, and uh, what's the other one? Um, Tegan Knox. Yes. They would like beat up on the outside and whatnot. And then it was Jessamine Duke and Candice LeRae. They would beat up on the outside too. Yeah. Like, it's like, what the fuck is going on? Then it was Candice LeRae later, I want to say. No, that's what I just said. Oh, oh, my bad. Hey, we got to see Scarlett, though. Scarlett's there. Yeah, Scarlett did well. Like, she made her unofficial debut. Yes. And, but we had our very first match was the NXT Cruiserweight Championship match between Angel Garza and Leo Rush. Awesome. Man. Man. That was a fucking great match. Yo, I don't know what it is about Angel Garza. He has fucking something. It's something. It's I don't know what it is. It's fucking something. He has something. Yes, he has the it factor. Like, dude, he... I I know this is going to sound very cliche and very non-PC, but I think he could be the new Eddie Guerrero. Just saying. Normally, I wouldn't agree, but I see it. I see it. Yes, he just has fucking something. I don't know what it is, but he has something... The match was fucking awesome. Leo Rush had his wife and kids at the arena for the match. <laughs> and Angel Garza, who's one thing he does is take off his pants. He jumped out of the ring over the guardrail right in front of Leo Rush, his wife and his kids, and pulled off his pants. Like, how fucking. How fucking disrespectful is that? fucking disrespectful Leo Rush started whooping his ass after that but it was that was fucking disrespectful yeah, I think it's the best part of the match yes and the finish came when Leo Rush hit him with the rush hour no it's the final hour or what the hell is it called the frogs yeah. it's the final hour yeah. he hit him with the final hour right near the ropes and it was one two Andrew Garza put his foot on the ropes Leo Rush pulled his foot off of the ropes Leo Rush also pulled the tights if anybody didn't pay attention Leo Rush also pulled the tights so Leo Rush cheated I I think that we're going to go to another a rematch because Leo Rush cheated same token though he took his pants off in front of his wife. <laughs> <laughs> he kind of deserved to get like get screwed over. So, all okay. right, all right, you're right. <laughs> you're right. And then we had a Finn Balor interview. Finn came out and basically talked about how NXT isn't the same anymore. But what was real funny about this was. A couple days earlier on Corey Graves' podcast, Finn had actually said, like, yo, I would like to face Matt Riddle. So, when he's talking all this shit, 
in the ring. Matt Riddle came out of nowhere and beat the shit out of Finn. Like, he whooped Finn's ass. They talk shit about Matt. Well, right before that, he talked shit about um, Johnny Gargano, which, by the way, breaking news, Johnny Gargano is injured, and he's not going to be in war there. So. Yes, Johnny Gargano is Johnny Gargano. Oh, wow. <laughs> that that was a really bad joke, but I tried. No, but still. Yeah. <laughs> no, but uh, he's, he's not in that shit anymore. So, <laughs> because he was talking shit about Matt Riddle during his promo, Matt Riddle basically like fucked him up. Well, they fucked each other up. You can't really say that. Fucked up with him up with Matt Riddle. Yes. And that match is officially set for War Games: Matt Riddle versus Finn Balor. Which was funny. Because the original War Games match was um, the Undisputed Era versus the Muscle Champa, Keith Lee, and Matt Riddle, and a fourth person to like be determined or whatever, right? The fourth person like made it. He finally made it, right? And we'll talk about that in a minute. But now we got the fourth person, but now Matt's out. Because Matt stays in Finn Balor. Now we need a new four person, or rather a third person, I guess. It's, why can't they be nice? Huh? Why can't they be nice and explain stuff? Damn it, NXT. Match perfectly, and then done. Like I say, once in a while, whatever. I try to make these matches like simulations in these games or whatever. I thought it was done. Okay, apparently not. Now I need to wait for like the four person or whatever. Hey, what's that YouTube channel again? Everything Enigma. Go follow it, people. Subscribe. Like videos. Watch videos. He does good stuff. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, like, who do you think the fourth person is going to be now? Don't go to the person yet. Don't get into it. <laughs> I, I have no idea. This is one of them weird murder mysteries that happened in WWE. I'm okay with it because I, I'm going to speculate a little later. But eh. Okay. And the next match was what is his damn name? Shane Strickland. Nope. Isaiah Scott. Nope. That is his name. Isaiah Scott. Isaiah, Isaiah Scott versus Bronson Reed. They had a really good match. For, like, just throwing a match together for no reason, they had a really good match. And it was, like, a super big guy versus this little small guy. And it's like, damn, this is a badass match. Both guys did good. Yeah. And then we had Keith Lee versus Roderick Strong, which is probably match of the night. Yeah. Imagine like like that was fucking awesome. Keith Lee is one of the best in the world. He is fucking awesome. I love Keith Lee. He was really fucking soon. I don't care what title who the title was. Exactly. Keith Lee beat Roger Strong. I didn't think he was gonna pin Roger Strong. It wasn't for the title, but I didn't think he was gonna pin him. But he pinned Roger Strong. I popped that. I actually thought it was for the title at first. Oh, shit. Like, oh, shit. He got... oh. 
<laughs> and then right after the match, we had the Undisputed Era come jump Keith Lee. And then Tommaso Ciampa came out to help him. And Matt Riddle came out for... God knows why Matt Riddle came out, but he he's friends with Keith Lee, so he came out to help him. But Finn Balor beat the living shit out of him, so he was dead. No, remember, at this point, he was still part of the match. Oh, this this was when he was still part of the match. But he, he got the shit beat out of him. He Like, if you watch it back, he got drop kicked into the steps and was fucked up by Finn Balor. They had to literally help him out. I thought he was dead. Like, I literally told you that he dead. <laughs> so, yeah, that would have been... And the Undisputed Era was beating everybody's ass, and it was a four on, well, five on three. And then here comes Donovan Dijak. Donovan Dijak beat the living fuck out of all the Undisputed Era. I was like, God damn. Everybody beat the fuck out of everybody. I was like, God damn. But Donovan Dijak is now the fourth guy. Or third guy. He's the new third guy. Now we need a new fourth guy. I was going to speculate and say, hey, it's going to be somebody brand new that they just signed. But I have no idea who's the newest person that they just signed. Like, who could they bring in? Like, the only person, and I think I've said this before, is El Eo Fantasmo. That would be something. How about uh, uh, Swerve? They can use Swerve, yeah. Swerve actually posted on Twitter, which I did not know that he was in a bunch of these. He posted like old Cage of Death from CZW photos of him in the cage. It's like, oh shit, you've been in Cage Wars. So, it's like, that could work. Swerve yeah. And then we had a match which wasn't a match. We had Pete Dunn versus Killian Damo. So Pete Dunn's in the ring and Damo comes out to the ring, but he gets beat up by Punishment Martinez. God damn it. Damian Priest. He gets beat up by Damian Priest. So Damian's beating the hell out of him and Security comes out to separate them, and one security guard, I swear to God, was Pete Dunn. And I was about to say, Pete, why are you separating them? But it was just a guy. It was just a guy with Pete Dunn's hair. It it wasn't him. It was fucking like it was fucking hilarious. And then like all three of them start brawling, and now it's a triple threat match between Pete Dunn, Damian Priest, and Killian Dane. Oh, it is official. It's yeah, it's official. Oh, okay. It's going to be War Games. Cool. And then we had the last match of the night, but right before the last match, we had an announcement for next week. So next week is going to be a ladder match between Adam Cole and Donovan Dijak, and the winner gets advantage in War Games. So that's exactly the same match that we were having tonight. It was Mia Yim, Versus Io Shirai. And right before the match, Dakota Kai comes up to Mia Yim and goes, Yo, I know everybody's been getting taken out, but I got your back, buddy. Like, we're all on the same team. 
And I was like, no, no, I don't trust you. <laughs> Everybody just got taped out. I don't trust you. It was so suspect. Yo, it was so like it was so obvious. I was like, yo, she's gonna screw her over. Fuck that. <laughs> so EO and Mia had a crazy match. A crazy ladder match. Somebody on Twitter said, yo, Mia Yim and Io Shirai had a way more dangerous match than Kenny Omega and John Moxley. And I, Pretty much. At one point, I, I thought Io got crippled. Like, the way she landed in that ladder. Yo, Io got fucked up. Io did a drop kick, drop kick the ladder into Mia's face, and Mia just start pouring blood. Like, it kind of reminds you of the, John, uh, the Joey Mercury thing. I was just about to say that, like, you actually said that, like, while we were watching that show. That's just a Joey Mercury. Yeah, like, the blood was pouring out. She kind of, like, she kind of recovered. They, like, they taped her up. She was getting beat up on the outside, and Dakota Kai comes out, and Dakota Kai's like, hey, man, no, no, no. Get up. You got to get up. And Dakota Kai helps her up and helps her get back in the ring, and it's like, wait a minute. I don't trust you. So she got back in the ring, and Eels, Eel punches Dakota Kai, knocks her out, and is like, oh, well, then she's not on the team. Like, well, that changes my theory. Because <clears throat> at this point in the show, Shayna Baszler only had three people on her team. There was no fourth. So, Eel Shavrag, Mia Yim hits her with the eat defeat. Bam, she's out. Mia's climbing up the ladder. She's right there. So all of a sudden somebody runs out and grabs the ladder. It was like, wait, there was another person? And it was Kaylee Ray, the UK women's champion. Kaylee Ray pushed Mia Yim right off the ladder into another ladder and Mia went splat. Like complete splat. Literally. Yes. And Kaylee Ray grabbed Io Shirai and pushed her up the ladder so she could get the briefcase and then here comes Bianca Belair which solidified Kaylee Ray is the fourth person in the women's war games and it's like oh shit like that's a pretty good team and then Shayna came out was like just to applaud her team like yeah this is my team this is my team and she got hit with a chair it was like what the what what the what Bailey Bailey hit her with a chair and then Bailey hit, like, put the title on the ground and hit her with the Rose Killer. Or, I think it was the Rose Killer. Yeah, it is the Rose Killer. Bailey's old finishing move, which is now her new finishing move from when she was Davina Rose. She, she brought back a finishing move. This has been a lot of returns. And she, she laid her out and stood over her. And then she yells out, I was the one who attacked everybody. And it was like, oh my god. Didn't see that coming. Oh. I didn't either. I didn't either. And the show faded to black and that was, it was so fucking awesome. Like, didn't see that coming at all. And I actually told you at one point, right? Like, because we both thought it was Dakota. And I actually told you at one point, but what if it's like a Raw or SmackDown person? Because we still got that going forever. And so the- I said that. I never thought it was Bailey. 
Exactly, because the funny part, you said it, never could have pictured it being Bailey. Like, wow. This, wow. That was a great swerve, WWE. Yep. Like, it could have been fucking retrofitted. Um, Becky. Yes, I would have preferred Becky because I would have been like, all right, I could call that. But Bailey? Didn't see that at all. Nah. That's fucking awesome. That is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm totally fine with that. I like that shock factor. Yeah, and speaking of shock factor, well, (laughs) not to any listener of the podcast, but shock factor to the rest of the world, CM Punk came back. We called that month ago. Yo, we literally, when we were putting together this podcast, I think the first or second episode, we broke the story that CM Punk would be part of WWE Backstage. Nobody believed us. They said, and you guys are full of shit. You don't know what you're talking about. Nobody believed us. What the fuck happened? Look, people, he's part of WWE Backstage. How did you feel when you found out that he was back? If I didn't know, it would be like, oh, okay, cool. You know what I mean? Like, everybody knows I'm not like the biggest fan of him or whatever, but, you know, I'm, I'm not going to hate or whatever. But, at the same time, since I did know, I was like, oh, okay. Whatever. You know? That's, that's exactly what I said, right? I, like, I didn't care because I knew. Like, it was no big deal to me. Like, it was so funny when I saw it. I was just like, eh, I knew that was happening. And everybody on social media was like, yo, oh my God, he's back. I didn't see this coming. Wow, this is weird. He showed up. And I'm like, eh, I knew he was coming. Like, and the thing that popped in my mind was like, hey, this is like the third episode. Why wasn't he there in the first episode? Like, what took you so goddamn long? Hey, they just worked out their contract like a day or two before that episode. And the only person that did know was Renee Young. Nobody yeah. else knew. Now, here's a funny, cute story that made me made me happy. So, Adam Cole kind of looks up to CM Punk because he's like one of the people that like inspired his style. Adam Cole was on the show that night and Adam Cole had no fucking idea he was there. And Adam Cole Pop was like, oh, shit. Because like, nobody knew he was there. It was like, oh, shit. Like, I'm like, I'm happy that he had that moment because Adam Cole has had a bunch of cool moments this year that he's been popping for and I'm a huge fan of Adam Cole, and I'm glad. But yeah, that was the only poppable thing. Yeah, neither one of us really watched backstage. No, we don't. Like, they break insider news, but it's like, it's insider news that we either already know about or don't care about. Like, the Miz and Paige extended their WWE contracts. Woo. 
Yeah, that, that wasn't really shocking and surprising. I was like, yeah, whatever. But I hope one day Backstage does become like a good show where they actually break news and they change shit up. But, meh. It needs to be on the same level of what Talking Smack was. Man, if they get on the level of Talking Smack, everybody's going to be there. Everybody's going to fucking be there. Talking Smack was good as shit. It was the best because it was so unscripted and Vince didn't even watch it. Vince had no fucking clue. He didn't watch it. He didn't even give a shit. Once on, it happened. That was it. He was like, all right, you people go do whatever you do. I'm leaving. That's exactly what the fuck happened. And because he did that and was so hands off, it was fucking amazing. The show was fucking amazing. Hello? Yes. Like you got quiet, like you didn't even give any input. Come on, no, no. Like I, I was like listening to you and whatever. I totally agree with you though. Like Vince is not there. Like everything works out. Everything works out, and that's what that's what needs to happen on backstage. Everything needs to work out. Yeah. But punk here and whatever, you know. Okay, and like for people who've been asking, like Punk is not signed to WWE; he's signed to Fox. Exactly. And the other thing there that kind of pissed me off, if I could cut you off there. No, go ahead. Because like, the Punk thing was good. It just like all of a sudden, Smith Rogers like, "Fight me, fight me." Somebody else was like, "Me next, me next." Who said he's nervous? But the thing is, like. I understand where they're coming from, but like you guys seem really stupid. Yeah. <laughs> like he's outside of WWE. Like he's back in WWE, but he's not signed to WWE. And you should know that. Even though they be by technicality. Yes. And another thing, everybody wants AJ Lee to come back. Which she's training and I'm not thinking it's not out of the realm of possibility now. Okay. Yeah, cause she started training. Like she posted a a picture of her in the sauna with her abs, and she was like training, and it's like, hmm. Also, Bailey, who in character Bailey, took a picture with her and Punk with AJ Lee and Punk, and said, "You're welcome, WWE." Like basically, <laughs> like basically taking credit for bringing them back. I'm like, oh, I'm like. Bailey, you're so sweet. <laughs> and apparently that picture was like from before she became a hair. Yeah. And she had the ponytail and all that shit, so. Yeah, but it was a recent picture. It wasn't that far off. But it, oh. it was recent. Because he's, like, the picture is him now, like, super skinny. So, like, yeah, it was recent. With the short hair and all that. Okay. Yep. And it's another thing I want to touch on from social media that, like, I just want people to stop, but, like, I have to touch on this. So, Revival, overseas in the UK on their, the UK, whatchamacallit, tour, the Revival did 
the Young Bucks pose. And basically with the two sweet. And everybody goes, oh my God, they're taking shots at AEW. If that was AEW taking shots at WWE, that would be wrong. And I just have to point out to every stupid person that says something stupid like that. This is the revival putting in their resume to say, hire me, please. This is nothing more than that. Like, I'm sorry. Like, you guys are overthinking this and going, oh, they're taking shots. No one is taking a shot. Like, they literally are friends with them. They they literally have them on their contact. Matter of fact, if you go to their Twitter page, they are all following each other. They're friends. They respond to stuff that the Bucks tweet. The Bucks respond to stuff that they tweet. This is not a random fucking shot at fucking AEW. This is an actual... When our contracts is up, hire us, Bubba. That's it. That's it. It's all it is. And when it happens, I hope you could all kiss my ass. But that's... even if it is quote unquote shots though, right? Who the fuck cares? Like they throw shots all the time. Watch BT BTE. Every fucking episode. The fuck they just did they just did one about them getting stranded in Saudi Arabia and like the first five minutes, and all in their fucking comments are going, hey, it's so funny. Hey. It's not funny. It's not funny. Grow up. Take care of your own fucking business. Grow the fuck up. And once again, that's not me defending the B, because the B, like, throw shots too. Neither one of them should throw shots at each other. Yes. And I'm going to take a, a take a little page out of Jordan Ma's book, Fuck WWE. Yeah, like I'm not standing up for WWE, but I want AEW to not be so toxic. Like your fan base is the reason I can't fully enjoy AEW. Exactly. Like your fan base thinks it's they're all superior to everybody, and everybody is just a bunch of assholes. Like no. And another reason I'm so pissed off, and I will never forgive any of you AEW fans. And I hope you all are listening. I will never forgive you. When the, the fucking elite left New Japan, you all fucking left New Japan with them and said, fuck New Japan. Y'all all said, fuck New Japan. Y'all never even picked up the fucking New Japan world ever again. Y'all fucking left them when y'all went with the fucking elite. Fuck y'all. Fuck y'all. Because New Japan is the best wrestling on the fucking planet and you fucking left them for some punks. Fuck y'all. But back to normalcy. <laughs> like it just was, it just was the the revival basically putting in their resume. That's all it was. That's yeah. all. It was. So y'all need to calm down. The revival are just trying to get out of WWE and go to AEW. So y'all should be a little bit happy about that. But no, you think it's a fucking shock. But I digress. Normalcy. Let's let's normalize it. It, it wasn't a shot. It was just a request to please hire us. That's it. Okay. Yes. But yeah, since I brought it up, and I definitely was going to talk about it, the Jordan Miles thing. Him, along with everybody else that does not want to be in WWE right now, Please stay the fuck off of Twitter and stop saying you quit WWE on Twitter. 
or your Instagram page. Stop saying that. Stop fucking asking for your release. Like, that is the stupidest shit that you could do if you're under contract. Do not ask for your fucking release on Twitter or Instagram. You don't want to be there? Fucking write out your contract until they let you go. Do not fucking ask for it on Twitter and think that you're going to get it. You, you're just making it worse for yourself and everybody around you. Just shut the fuck up and wait. Like, don't be... Hold you hostage. Huh? They'll hold you hostage and shit. Dude. Exactly. Like, that is so fucking stupid. Like, your contract is up in a year or two years. Whatever. Wait your fucking turn. Don't go, yo, fuck WWE. I quit. No. No, now they have you fucking hostage. Because you're not at work right now. You're fucking doing whatever you're doing. You're not at work. Oh, that's a breach of contract. We're gonna hold you. We're gonna hold you longer. Well, I don't want to be there. Well, too bad. Show up. Like at least show up and just fucking do something. Exactly. Like if you if you don't show up, they hold you hostage longer. Like fucking come to TV every week. Sit like if you don't give a fuck what's going on, come to TV. Bring your fucking video game system and go play video games in the corner. Like, the longer you're not there at TV or wherever, the longer they're going to hold your hostage. You show up where the fuck you're supposed to be, they're going to be like, all right, well, he's showing up, so that we're going to start knocking time off his thing. And who knows? Maybe one day they can fix the problems that you have and basically make things better. But if you can't show up, then they can't let you go. It's a real hostage situation. And when hostage situations happen like that, you have to go with the flow until the person holding you hostage lets you go. Like a lot of people with Luke Harper and Leo Rush, they both asked, not so much Leo Rush, but he did want to leave. Yeah, he wanted to leave. And then he was like, you know what? They're going to hold me hostage. I'm going to keep showing up at work. He started fucking showing up at work. What happened? They rewarded him. Now he's like, fuck it. I don't want to leave now. Yeah. Luke Harper started showing up at work and they was like, all right, we're going to use you. They're not using him right now, but he's showing up every week and he's like, fuck it. He's like, fuck it. I'm going to keep showing up because either they're going to use me or they're going to like lower my time and I'm going to be out of here real soon and be able to go where the fuck I want to go. Like Mike Kanellis. Mike Kanellis should have just like, yo, if he didn't want to do what he was doing, he should have been like, fuck it. I'm going to just keep coming to work? Fuck it. But that's what happens with people. Like, y'all are quick to jump and leave WWE, but you do it the wrong way. Like, you... You gotta, like, he asked for his release. You know what happened to fucking Sin Cara asking for his fucking release? They fucking holding his dumb ass hostage. Don't. Don't fucking do it. Like, he got uh, Mike Kanellis or whatever. They did it the politically correct way, whatever. But like, uh, um, not saying he, like, typically wrong for it, but Jordan Miles, he literally said, fuck that be in a video, I quit. Like, that's definitely get you in some shit somehow. That'll definitely get you in, that definitely get you in some shit. But he has, like, to me, I think his thing is, if I create controversy, they're going to have to fire me. You don't realize, like, this is now all racially charged. They're not just going to be like, fuck it, you're out. They're going to look at it because, like, yo, we can't fire them because it's race involved. Because if we fire them, they could look at it like we're racist. 
Like, so you're kind of fucking yourself by accident. Like, it could, I, hmm? it could probably exclude too somehow, some way. Like some legal memorandum. Exactly, but like, I'm all for the cause of why you want to leave and why you like done with WWE and you don't fuck with them. I'm definitely for it because yes, there was racism involved. Yes, you wasn't treated right. They thought down of you. Yes, I agree with all of that. Yeah. But yeah, like I definitely I definitely agree with all of that. But like the way that you left was it was stupid. It was fucking stupid. Just goddamn, like you should have just fucking you should have just fucking took your time and just did whatever. And now people are calling you mentally ill, which I don't think that you're mentally ill, and I hope that you're not. I hope that you're really just venting because you have so much frustration built up from what happened in the past. The WWE has treated you wrong. Like, I hope that's it. And people are going online, hey, he won that tournament and he had that match against Adam Cole, and it's like, no, man, like, no. Like, no, that's like, it doesn't help anything. It's just like, what the fuck? Like, he still had a racist shirt. They still treated him wrong. Bada boom, bada bang. That's it. Yeah. But, like, fuck it, man. Like, do the right thing and quit the right way. Like, I would love to see more people leaving WWE just shut up and just do their time and wait for the contract to come up and then just be like, I'm not resigning and leave. And I would be so happy because you guys would be able to leave when you want to leave. And you would be you would make a lot more money. Trust me. Because say you have a two, three year contract. They're going to go over to Saudi Arabia a couple more times. You know what I mean? A couple more paychecks you could pick up just even though you hate the fucking country or company. You know what I mean? Big ass paychecks you could pick up? Like, that's that's a big-ass paycheck. Fuck that. I'm going to collect this paycheck, even though I hate you guys, but the whole time I'm going to be texting Cody and Kenny in the box and like, yo, my contract is coming up this day, but I'm going to get this money. Know what the fuck they're going to do? They're going to text right back and be like, yo, we're going to put on Twitter that we's talking to you so we can get you more money. All right, bet. That's exactly what's going to happen. It didn't pop. Like technically, like leave like the good way. Like he basically like he stayed home his whole contract. He stayed home. His, he stayed home his whole contract. But he should have came. Like he should have came in to work and did what Moxley did. He did. He should have did exactly what Moxley did. Moxley is the best example of a person that did it the right way. He went to work every fucking day and told them right at the very last second. After they gave him contract, at the contract, at the contract, at the contract, at the contract, and he just would not get it. Was like, "Yo, I never got the contract." In the week that his contract was up, he looked at them and said, "Yo, I'm out." He's like, "No," they was like, "No, you can't be." He's like, "No, I'm out." He was like, "I never resigned the contract. I'm out." And they was like, oh, "God damn it!" And that's why they gave him the fucking send off because it was like, "Yo, it's nothing we can do. Like, we're really." Tied, our hands are tied. We, it's nothing you can do. Like, so he's no, kind of, to put it under the VI crime and all that shit. 
Exactly. Like, he literally tied their hands to the point where they was like, fuck it. Fuck it. And because it was nothing they could do. They couldn't hold him hostage because he was there. He was there every week. You can't hold him hostage. Nope. See? That's what they get. But, like, that's how WWE people should leave. If you want to leave, like that. But they had, like, the one-track nine thing. Like, oh, I want to leave. I'm not getting respect. Or I'm not getting any money. Or I'm not getting any time. Um, what have you. And that's all they're thinking about. Exactly. They, they need to do better. But yeah, um, that was the week in wrestling. I know that we had to end it on that weird subjecty type thing. But we do have to look forward to next weekend is the long weekend. From Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, or Tuesday, Wednesday, and back here Thursday is going to be all wrestling. Like, we have a Survivor Series pay-per-view next week. We have TakeOver next week. We have the SmackDown Go Home show, the very first SmackDown Go Home show to a big pay-per-view. We're going to see how that works. And especially because there's going to be NXT talent involved in that big go-home show, and they're going to have a show the next night. Oh, let's see. Let's see how cool this is going to be. Not only TakeOver, because we said TakeOver, not only TakeOver, but it's TakeOver War Games. Yes. So that's going to be a fun week next week. Yep. And we're going to be right here to give you a preview of the whole next weekend Next week on our episode of the podcast. Hopefully by then we'll have a full like uh, uh, card and whatnot. Because as of right now, neither card is like complete. Nope, not yet. But we'll have a full sexy card that we could give to you and analyze and theorize and probably predict a hundred percent. Yeah. Because you know that we predict everything. We say it on a podcast and it definitely shows up in WWE or AEW or some company later on. Hey, you're we welcome, make, Tessa. We make them happen. We're, you're welcome, Tessa. <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to Tessa Magic. Yes. Damn it, it. It was somebody I wanted to promote. I forgot who it was. Was somebody I wanted to promote and bring on this podcast and say this person needs to get signed. I forgot. I forgot. But before I get to that, somebody signed Killer Cross. Yes. There you go. Definitely signed Killer Cross. Yes. But yeah, I don't remember who the hell it was. <laughs> whoever, whoever you are, I will remember you next week. And with that said, right? I want to know who you're talking about. Tune in next Enigma time on the same Enigma channel. Really? Really? That's that's how we're going to end this? Oh, fuck that. <laughs> <laughs>